blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Raptors fans, we're two games in. I understand the celebration is over. The party's over, the banner's up, but the banner's going to hang forever. So I'm going to start this off by saying I personally, it's going to take a lot for me to be upset at the Toronto Raptors this season because I'm going to be riding high for a long time off the championship. That doesn't mean we're not going to break things down. Doesn't mean we're not going to keep things honest and keep things real about what's going on with the team. It just means in past years, let's say, a loss like that might have me a little frustrated as a Raps fan. Someone that follows the team, you watch that game, and they just couldn't get it together in winning time. And that's okay. It happens, right? Not a good look. It's early. You're still trying to figure out a lot of different things. So I understand how that can happen. But we're here, as we always are, to break things down. Again, I said, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you very much to the people who are joining us live on Twitter after each and every Raptor game at Sheldon Alexander. When you see that feed pop up on your timeline on Twitter, click in that link and you can send us your comments and questions in the chat. I'll take your questions, take your comments as you go along because we are an interactive show. We've been doing this for a couple years now and it's been a lot of fun. So we want to continue having your show as a Raptor fan, somewhere where you can talk and vent, let's say, right? Also, we're on Instagram. We have another feed going up on Instagram, and what we do there is, same thing, we got our crew there that is sending in comments, sending in questions, shout out to Alex, I see you there, Diaz, what's up, K2's Garnett, Emma, we got our people, Austin, lots of people in the chat here on Instagram, and they're sending in their comments and questions as well, we go through that, we are a real live interact show after each and every Toronto Raptors game right here It's called Wrap It Up, part of the On Blast Network. And what that is, if you want to find out, if you're unable to make any of these post-game shows live, don't worry. We'll become a podcast anywhere that you get your podcasts. It's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, even YouTube. You can find us as well. Just search On Blast Podcast. You'll find this, Wrap It Up, along with some other fun and exciting, or at least I hope you find it fun and exciting, podcasts as well. But this, as I said, is wrap it up, and the Toronto Raptors lose their first game of the season. They now drop to 1-1. It's early on, but this was a big game, because this is the Boston Celtics. And regardless of what's going on, if the Raptors do have aspirations of making a deep run in these playoffs, you will have to go through the Boston Celtics at some point. And so this was a good measuring stick, and it's early. And it's interesting to me, because Boston, like the Raptors, You're looking at teams that are in similar situations in terms of they have reasons to adjust to what they normally do, right? Reasons to adjust from what they did last season. Obviously, you look at the Raptors, there's no Kawhi Leonard. There's also no Danny Green. That's a lot of minutes that you got to fill up on your perimeter and you got to figure some things out. You look at the Celtics, there's no Kyrie. 
We know that Kyrie caused a bit of a problem in Boston last year, but they're dealing a lot. They're dealing with a lot of the same things that the Raptors are in terms of you now got to figure out your hierarchy. You now got to figure out the order that you run things. What I mean by that is who gets the ball when? Who, you know, when your star player's out, who's that number two guy that you know you can count on? And you're looking at two teams dealing with the exact same issues, right? And I mentioned Kyrie's gone from Boston and in comes Kemba. We know that Kemba is a closer, but Kemba's also coming in and he's coming in with a very different attitude than Kyrie Irving did. Kemba's going to try to fit in more. He's jacking up shots, he's putting up shots, but I mean, it's a whole different personality than what the Celtics were dealing with last year. Add Kemba Walker to Gordon Hayward, obviously trying to live up to his big boy contract, also working his way back from his injury, that massive ankle injury that he had, and they always say that it takes you about two years to be back to your normal self, right? So he's still trying to fit in. And then you have the young stars of Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. Those are two young bucks that are on their way as well, trying to be superstars. We're being told they're going to be superstars, but that just means you have a lot of dudes fighting for the pecking order in the food chain, so to speak, right? And that's where you see the Celtics. It looked kind of ugly. I mean, it looked ugly in their first game against the Sixers, and it looked ugly tonight against the Raptors for the most part of the game, right? When I mean the same issues for the both teams, you look at the Raptors, does that make more sense now, Raptors fans, what I'm talking about in terms of we know that Kawhi's gone. We all assume that Siakam's going to be that dude, and Siakam has done it now two straight games. Like It's just straight work from Siakam. As advertised, living up to the contract, puts up 33 points in this game, back-to-back 30 pieces from Pascal. That's what you need when Kawhi's gone. But you still need to figure out what you're getting from everyone else. And Kyle did put up 22 in game one, if I'm not mistaken. Kyle came back, but Kyle didn't shoot well in game one, right? He gutted out that 22 points and and got to the line. And that's really how Lowry got that 22 points in game one. Game two, Lowry comes out with 29. He's putting in work. Great shooting from Kyle Lowry. Six of 10 from three. I mentioned Pascal. Pascal was five of seven. That's amazing shooting from your two-star players but Kyle Lowry 11 of 18 shooting and that's a great number from Kyle the problem is it goes back to what I said from our season preview show and for those unfamiliar with what we do here there's another pod we do Thursdays with my guy Andrew Webster we did our NBA season preview and I talked about what I thought the Toronto Raptors would be this season and I said the biggest thing is going to be consistency As Raptors fans, if you followed the team for years and years and years, you saw DeMar DeRozan, and then you saw playoff time come around, and him and Kyle were never really able to be consistent enough in the playoffs to get over the hump. We saw the difference in what that meant when Kawhi Leonard obviously showed up. And then you saw what a consistent superstar does, right? Like, you know you can count on that guy night in, night out what you're going to get from both ends of the floor from that guy. And the rest of the guys, the rest of the pieces behind them can just fill in. And I'll say this through two games. Pascal Siakam has been very good scoring-wise. Numbers are dope. He's giving you the points that Kawhi was giving you last year. The difference is, what are you getting after him? 
The Raptors have been running out. They ran nine guys deep tonight, right? Which was a big thing because they only went eight deep in game one. And we know that's not really sustainable for this team, right? But you look at tonight, you go nine deep. But really, Terrence Davis, Stanley Johnson, I mean, Terrence Davis gave you nine minutes. Stanley Johnson gave you five. So those guys got some run, but not really. And they didn't really contribute that much. So you're talking about two guys coming off your bench in terms of Norman Powell with 22 minutes, Serge Ibaka with 24 minutes, a great 24 minutes from Serge. But you're basically going seven guys deep. That's a lot. And you might not think that there's there's a lot of reasons why this is not sustainable, right? It's early in the season. Mark Gasol is very old, and he looked it in this game, going 0 for 8. I know there's a lot of Gasol bashing that's going to happen. But we know that Kyle Lowry can't be playing 40 minutes a night for the Toronto Raptors for 82 games. We know that's not going to happen, right? Fred Van Fleet's already banged up, and he struggled in this game. We know that he was listed as a game-time decision. He played, but he didn't really play well. 2 of 11 from the floor for Freddie. Eight points in this game. A far cry from the 34 points that he put up in game one. And this comes down to why I was hesitant to, you know, just plug the Raptors in at the top of the Eastern Conference. It's because I don't know what you're getting from a lot of these guys night in, night out. Because if even if Pascal takes the leap, this is Freddie's first... And, and they're young guys. And let me let me preface this by saying this is not a knock because you have a you have, you're expecting a lot from a lot of young guys. And you know, Kawhi and Danny, more so Kawhi, obviously, you're able to get away with a lot more. Your margin of error is a lot more when you're in a tight game, and then you can just give the ball to Kawhi and have Kawhi bring you home. Right? What you do in winning time. I posted the clip earlier today. If you go to Instagram or Twitter, posted a clip earlier today where I said the biggest thing is about consistency and what you do in winning time. Because we know the Raptors are a good team. They have solid players. They're well coached. But what do you do in winning time? And do you know what? In fact, it was a tough one because you can look at, there's two ways to look at this game. You can look at it in terms of winning time, or you can look at it in terms of the minutes played by Siakam played 36, and that's only because he was in foul trouble early on, because that would have been over 40. Fred Van Fleet, 42 minutes on a bum ankle. That's asking a lot. Kyle Lowry, 40 minutes, and we know that's asking a lot of Kyle Lowry. OG Ananobi, 38 minutes from OG. That's a lot of minutes. And when you look at some of the stats that pop up in this game, and key stats, or what, you know, your coaches might call hustle stats, and you look at the Boston Celtics and you say they had 21 offensive rebounds, when you're tired, you make some mistakes. The Toronto Raptors, 23 turnovers in this game. Boston Celtics, 9 turnovers in this game. And the offensive rebounds lead to second chance points. We know that Boston was killing the Raps. I don't have the very final numbers on this, but very late in the fourth quarter, it was 21 to 5 in terms of offensive rebounds for the Celtics and 19 to 2 in terms of second chance points for the Celtics. Then add in the turnovers from the Raps, and that's why they lost this game. Now, as mentioned, they're good enough that they're going to stay in and keep a lot of games close. 
because they have good players and because they have a very good coach. And Nick Nurse, I mean, there were a lot of runs at the end of this game, and Nick Nurse did the job where he called a timeout, ran a great set piece, set piece, <laughs> if I've been watching too much TFC, but uh, ran great set plays out of the timeout, gets his guy an easy bucket, gets Pascal an easy look in the paint. And you got to give Nurse credit for that. And right now, you know, this is going to be the problem for the Raps. It's going to be the depth. And you're talking about this before the injuries come. And I'm not saying the Raptors are more injury-prone than other teams because it's the NBA, and you just know that injuries are a thing that you're going to have to deal with. And so if you're right now only counting on seven guys in your rotation, and I know that that's going to change, and, you know, McCaw's on the way, Rondé Hollis Jefferson's on the way, but what those guys provide, I'm trying to say this without sounding disrespectful because I don't mean to disrespect them, but it's like, what those guys are giving you, they're just giving you a buffer of minutes, right? They're giving you a buffer of defense. They're not really coming in to provide scoring because that's going to be the other problem that the Raps are going to have this season. If Siakam's going to go for 25-plus every game, that would be outstanding. We still need other pieces to score. Another great example of this would be the Golden State Warriors. If you watched the Warriors last night, especially if you watched Chuck and crew at halftime, Chuck was saying he didn't think the Warriors were going to make the playoffs because they don't have enough scoring. We saw them run into that same issue last year against the Raptors where they don't have enough scoring. And you look at the Toronto Raptors right now, we're only two games in, right? So yeah, don't overreact to two games. But if you're talking about trends, you're seeing what you're getting from Pascal. Kyle's been shooting, putting up numbers. But where are the other guys coming in and getting their points? You got to get more from OG, nine points, four or five shooting, eight rebounds from OG. The problem is OG's role, by definition right now, is you need him to play defense. But if you really have dreams of the Raptors being a top team, OG's got to give you some points as well. Norman Powell has got to give you some points as well. Fred Van Fleet and Kyle got to give you some points consistently as well. Both of those guys got to be around 15. 15 plus, if you're being serious. And Marc Gasol cannot be 0 for 8 for one point in a game. Like, that That just can't happen. And I was wondering going into this season what Marc Gasol's role would be because I wondered if it was possible for him to up his scoring. You know, and it kind of depends on what level of washed Marc Gasol is. And I don't mean that as a disrespect. I can, actually, I do, because you can't call somebody washed <laughs> and say that's not meant as disrespect. But Marc Gasol's up there in age, right? And when he came to the Raptors, the talk was, how much does he have left in the tank? And I thought he had more to give on the offensive end in terms of scoring because he wasn't that far removed from putting up, you know, 20 and 10 around that, th that point. And we saw spurts last year. I mean, heck, in the finals, he had three games of over 17 points. So he does have it in him to give you scoring. The problem is with the Raptors this season, without that Kawhi, it's consistency. And you knew that last year, it's kind of like how many bullets you have left in the chamber, right? What are you going to get from everything else? So you got what you're getting from Kawhi. You got what you're getting from Siakam. What are the others going to do? If the others don't do it, or if 
Siakam's being guarded well down the stretch. And, you know, save that point for a second. But if Siakam's getting guarded well down the stretch, can the other guys create plays? Because we saw it last year, and if, and if Kawhi, for whatever reason, stalled, which didn't really happen that many times in clutch, but you knew Fred could. You knew, you, especially in the finals, you saw it could have come from Fred, it could have come from Kyle, could come from uh, Norm, could come from Siakam. But with though that many options, you only needed two or three of them to come through. But now when you remove that and you just bump everyone else up, we're only talking about Siakam taking the leap. But without Kawhi, you need everyone else behind Siakam to also take a leap to make up what's gone. Am I making sense there? Like, we're all worried about Siakam taking the leap, but last year... Siakam took the leap. So who's this year's Siakam? That's going to be the key here. Because right now you're relying on seven guys to give you your minutes. And even when the other two guys come back, I don't know what you're getting from. I don't know what you're going to get from Stanley Johnson regularly. I don't know what you're getting from Terrence Davis regularly. McCaw, you know you're going to get defense. Maybe you'll hit the wide open shot. But is that something you can bank on? I don't know. I don't know. Let's get to some comments, though, because as I said, that's a big part of what we do here. And especially, you know, let's be honest. One of the only reasons I'm able to do this pod by myself is because I got great followers who have been consistent with us, rocking with us since last year through the championship run, who give their comments and questions each and every night after the Raptors game to help me out and make this podcast what it is. So let me go into Instagram again. If you want to comment during the show, go to my Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. We got a feed there. Or you can go to my Twitter, which is at Shell Alexander. Take your comments and questions there. Because as I said, this show is about you. I got opinions. I got things that I think that I've seen. But also, a key part is what you guys think as well. So first off, let's go to Twitter. And PG13X says, we have no closer. And I was going to get there when I was just talking about, you know, if Siakam's getting doubled. But here's the thing. One of the main themes of last year, if you watch this podcast, one of the main themes other than what a time to be alive, especially come playoff time, was there's levels to this shit. It was one of the themes the whole year. We said that because we were seeing the level of what a superstar is. That superstar being Kawhi Leonard, right? And if you look at what you're missing now from the Toronto Raptors, and I don't even want to say missing, but Siakam is good, but he's not there yet. It's crunch time. You were willing to dump the ball to Kawhi Leonard last year and live or die with the results. Whatever was going to happen, you were ready to rock with it. You trusted that. He had the resume to back that up. That no matter what was going down, no matter what was happening, you were going to get at least a good shot. And you trusted in the work that Kawhi Leonard put in over his career, consistently in the gym, that he was going to get you that bucket and get you that basket in crunch time. Siakam's almost there. Don't get me wrong. He looks great. He does look really great. But the difference is going to come down to what happens now in winning time when the best defender's on you and he's d up hard. And 
you know, they're shifting and gearing the rest of the defense to towards you to stop you. Meaning, you know, the help defense is just waiting for you to drive into the lane. And even with that said, Siakam was still cooking late. Got to give Pascal Siakam a lot of credit here because we talk about gym work and Siakam started out five for five from three. And it wasn't just like swing, swing. He's sitting in the corner taking the wide open three. He was pulling up in transition. He was pulling up for the elbow three deep dagger and just splashing them. Like splashing them in the sense that last year when I was looking at those shots that Kawhi was hitting, I was saying, damn. Like those are just gym shots. When the ball is barely touching the rim and you're just wetting threes like that, you know that dude's been in the gym working on his jumper. And when you saw that from Pascal Siakam, that to me was really cool because you know the work's there. We talk about the Rico Hines runs all the time and Siakam was sweating threes. This kid looks legit and now it just comes down to consistency. That's the difference in the levels. The levels between star and superstar, all-star and Hall of Famer, can you do it consistently? And so far through two games, Pascal Siakam has been as advertised. My guy is ready. And the next level of that, the next level of that is being the star player that wins you a game that you probably don't deserve to win or wins you a game on the road because you're not shook by the crowd and you just take over a game and win in someone else's building. Those are the next levels. And it's great to see Siakam taking those steps because there are moments where it's just like, doesn't matter who they put on him, they couldn't guard him. And it was cool to see the measuring stick of him going up against Jalen Brown, right? Because we know that Siakam got the big boy deal. Jalen Brown got less than the max, but those two guys will kind of be linked just in terms of you're in the same division and around the same, uh, you're in the same contract year, right? So it was cool to see. But in terms of the question, we have no closer. The closer is Siakam. And it's just going to take a while for for us to not be spoiled by watching Kawhi last year. <laughs> but Siakam's on his way. I'm not, I'm not mad at Siakam. Another comment here says, uh, Austin says, I think OG needs to step up offensively to help Siakam out. I agree with that. OG does have to step up his game and definitely, you know, be a more consistent threat offensively. Now, 38 minutes is a lot. Four or five shooting, very efficient. He got eight rebounds, which is great work. But you need more than nine points if you're going to play that much if you're OG and Anobi. Again, you're running basically seven guys. That means you need more people in double digits than just three. And one of those people being Serge, who was just five for five from the floor. So you're starting to see, you know, the different sides of the wraps because the thing was, even though they won that game, the opener, it was an overtime. And the other part of that was it's a Pelicans who are okay, but without Zion, like that's not, it's like an average NBA team. Like they're pretty good, but they're not really a team you're expecting to do damage in the playoffs or anything, right? So, hey, we'll see. The Raps tomorrow, the other thing too about playing seven guys is tomorrow night's the second night of a back-to-back. And I know it's only the Bulls, but the Bulls are a more improved team than they were last year. And they're still an NBA team, so you got to show up. And again, this is where you're going to see, and I, I don't want to harp on Kawhi Leonard because I don't want to make that 
you know, the whole theme of the season. But your star players do bail you out in games where you're tired on the second night of back-to-backs or, you know, again, long road trips. And I know Kawhi didn't play on back-to-backs. Don't, don't at me about that. But my point is, you're going to need a big boy performance from Siakam again and then someone else after him as well. Get some some more comments here. Uh, K2's Garnett says, Gasol costs us a game though, missing key bunnies at crucial points. I can't say the game's on Marc Gasol. I think that's kind of unfair to solely blame the game on Marc Gasol. But he definitely didn't play well. And, you know, Gasol played 25 minutes. Serge played 24. Gasol's got to give you more than 0 for 8. The other thing about Marc Gasol that I think, and I think this was a problem in the playoffs last year as well, most of his shots are just coming from the wide open threes that the other team's just letting him shoot. And basically, if he hits the shots, cool. And if not, he has a really bad game. I think Marc Gasol can do so much more. If you give him touches in the paint, if you give him the ball on pick and rolls more. And I know he had one where he's driving to the basket and he got blocked by Jalen Brown and that's going to happen. But I think you got to see more of that from Marcus All. It can't just possibly be Marcus All just settling for jumpers from three and that's it. That to me can't be, that can't be the whole Marcus All show. You need more than that from Mark. And you know, maybe it is giving him some more post touches. Maybe it is giving him some elbow touches and making him, you know, get some elbow jump shots or something like that. Maybe that could be a thing. Uh, let's get to some more comments here before we wrap up. Um, another comment here on Instagram says rebounding was a problem. Rebounding definitely was a problem. And if you extend this, so let's see here. Boston Celtics, 56 rebounds in this game. Toronto Raptors... 46 so Raptors out rebounded 56 to 46 that's not good but again mentioned the big factor here the offensive rebounds five for the Raptors and 21 for the Celtics that's not a good look and I'm going to extend this a bit and mention the fact that Boston was out rebounded very badly in their first game of the season against the Sixers so I don't know if that's going to be an issue going forward long term. The Raptors got a lot of different looks they can give, but I don't know if you can really play Surge. Like, I don't know you, you how much you can really play Surge and Gasol together just because you might need to spare Soul's minutes with Surge. But rebounding was definitely a problem. That's a very good comment there. Uh, let's see. Emma says, still growing and there will be struggles, but Pascal is the truth. Hey, silver linings here. Pascal Siakam, as advertised, 11 of 22 from the floor, 5 of 7 from 3, add in 8 rebounds from Pascal, 33 points again. Pascal Siakam, as advertised so far, the level up is there from Pascal through two games at least. He just needs some help. He just needs some help. Hopefully he can get it. Uh, Let's see, Austin says, Gasol was bad, but the refs cost us a game. Another thing, if you follow me on this pod, you know that I rarely ever, ever, ever will blame the refs for a loss. And this is definitely not a, like the refs weren't good, but not going to blame the game on the refs. Can't do that. Not when you're getting out rebounded that bad. Not when you're turning over the ball that much. Can't blame the refs when you have that many turnovers. 
Another comment, Pascal will be an all-star. Definitely agree. Um, what else we got? <laughs> Someone says, death, taxes, and not getting a fair whistle in Boston. <laughs> that one's pretty funny. I will laugh at that one. Uh, Toronto could beat the Celtics in a playoff series. I'm not willing to like make those calls yet just because it's so early in the season. So much game left to be played. Who knows? Um, more comments, though. Uh, underdog's mindset says that was an ugly game. Totally agree. Especially the first half. It was ugly, ugly, ugly shooting in this game. And I mean, I don't even know, like the Celtics led by one point at halftime and the shooting percentages were just so disgusting in the first half. I want to say both teams were in the low thirties in terms of shooting percentages from the floor it was just so gross. And Kemba Walker was missing mad shots. And then all of a sudden he was at 22 points. And I didn't even really know how that happened. But the Celtics, I'll give them credit. Because down the stretch, the Boston Celtics, all their bo- their big guys, and I'm, by big guys I mean their big boys, Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Kemba, they were all splashing threes. It was like Kemba might have started the, the wagon in the fourth quarter, but all those other guys filled in and hit big shots down the stretch. It wasn't just one guy that did it. And when you flip it over to the Raptors, it was really just Siakam and Kyle Lowry that kept the Raps in this game that were dominating in the third quarter, right? Kyle Lowry, I mean, Kyle Lowry was splashing mad threes. Pascal had 15 in the third quarter. And the Raps were up, but it was really just those two guys doing it. And that's what I mean in terms of if... Last year, you had Kawhi, and you had Siakam after him, and then Lowry, Freddie, all those dudes. Cool. Now, when you move away from Kawhi, everyone was so focused on Siakam taking the leap, but they weren't as focused as on everyone else below Siakam also taking the leap. Means you need more scoring from OG. You need consistent scoring from Freddie. Lowry did his due, but we know Kyle Lowry is going to be good for about 60 games this season. And you only probably only want him playing 60 games in a regular season, to be honest. And I don't mean that in a negative. I mean, let's be serious. The most important time you need Kyle Lowry to be healthy, even with Kawhi, was in the playoffs. And now without Kawhi, you definitely need him healthy and clicking on all cylinders in the playoffs. So Kyle Lowry playing 40 minutes, not a good look early on. Ugly game, but hey, learning experience, grinded out victory, and watching Siakam's development, his continued glow up is going to be great this year. But a great matchup against the Celtics, man, that's going to be a team. That's a rivalry that's going to happen over the next few years anyways. So that's going to be fun to watch. More comments. Uh, Let's see. Wow, someone says, do you guys miss JV? No, because the Raptors won a championship. That's not a game I'm going to play. Uh, another comment. OG wasn't as wasn't his strongest game, but I think he was afraid of every move getting called as a foul. Yeah, that's kind of tough. That's kind of tough. Uh, Diaz is back. And Diaz says, Sheldon, quote, riding high Alexander. <laughs> so Diaz last year was on me because the whole year, whatever was going down, I wasn't riding the wave of the regular season. I was saying, only thing that matters we see that Kawhi's that dude, and we just hope that Kawhi's healthy come playoff time. 
And I would come up here after losses and be like, I'm not worried. All that matters is the playoffs. Came a running joke. So I don't know if that's what Diaz is trying to do again, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be riding high for the whole year because you can't take away that championship. And I'll be honest, that is not something I ever thought I would say. Toronto Raptors, NBA champions. That banner, when it went up, I thought I would only see that in 2K. Not going to lie. But again, thank you to all you guys for tuning in to this Wrap It Up podcast. We do this live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Sometimes I got people with me, sometimes I don't. You just got to know it's the nature of people's schedules. Obviously, this is a fun side project that we do on the side, outside of our normal job. And, you know, so it's fun. Sometimes I'll be with a bunch of people, sometimes it's just me. But either way, I'm here with you on our live, interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show that we like to call Wrap It Up. Again, Toronto Raptors fall to the Boston Celtics in the second game of the season. They fall 112 to 106, and Pascal Siakam once again leading the way for the Toronto Raptors as Pascal put up 33 points. Meanwhile, on the flip side, look at this Boston starters. Jalen Brown with 25, Tatum with 25, Kemba Walker with 22. They didn't all shoot well, not a great shooting numbers, but they all gutted out the points. If you're not going to get consistent scoring from a lot of dudes on your team, right? Use the Celtics as the example. They need scoring from Tatum, Hayward, Kemba, Jalen Brown. If they're going to be good, those guys all got to get busy and be somewhere in the range of 15 to 25 points a night. All of them, every night. They got there. It was ugly, but they got there. That's the key. Toronto Raptors can't say the same, right? You got Van Fleet at 8, OG at 9, Marcus Olaf with 1, that's unacceptable. So, hey, that's that to me right there is the difference of the game. Meanwhile, the positives, Pascal Siaka, man, enjoy. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Wrap It Up Again. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and thank you for joining us, as always, on Twitter, at Shell Alexander. As we do after each and every Raptors game, same thing goes for Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. If you tuned in in the middle, you want to catch us from the beginning, don't worry. This podcast ends up on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. So just know, if you ever miss us live, you're out, you're enjoying your Friday night, trust, like, and subscribe. Join the movement that is this, the Wrap It Up podcast, in our second season of being the best post-game interactive show there is for your Toronto Raptors. So again, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I close out every episode with the same line because it's straight facts. I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, tomorrow, against Chicago Bulls. Rapsy to bounce back. See ya. Boom, blast.